What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Curveballs and Share Shots. My name is Brandon Tanguma. Sitting approximately six feet away from me is my lovely and esteemed co-host, Dominic Hobson. Dominic, how are you doing today? Brandon, I'm doing lovely. How are you, my friend? You know, I'm doing all right. Uh, this The Rona's still going on. Pandemic's still on lockdown. But this weekend is 4th of July. We're going to be safe. But we are going to a get-together at fellow squad member. Maybe friend, maybe frenemy. We're going to talk about I don't about know how that. to feel anymore, Brandon. I really don't know how to fucking feel right now. We're going to go to the Gunderson compound. We usually we like to do like the, you know, the... Gang house. G- yeah. Okay. The Gunderson gang house. <laughs> there you go. But the Gundersons, Travis and Tyler, have trapped out hell. Maybe a future collab episode coming soon, previewing the MLB baseball season. But on the latest episode, they did throw down the gauntlet even more that Dominic apparently is not a, a meat guy. Uh, Brandon, Brandon. Do- Dominic, Brandon. would you like to care? If you guys would like to go listen. No, 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 no. Actually, no, 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 go ahead, go ahead, plug it. I, I take the back. Go ahead, plug them. If you, you want to go they listen. They need the fucking fans. It's in about the first 15 minutes. Go check it out. If you want to listen to the rest of it, that's your prerogative. But they did call out Dominic for his lack of knowledge on the meats. And Dominic, would you like to care to respond? to the slander that they threw your way, the shade they threw your way about your meat knowledge. I just feel like, you know, we've known Travis for a long time. Uh, I mean, am I, am I not right? We've known Travis for a long, like, most of our life, most likely. At least 15 years. At least 15 years. And the disrespect that, that came out of not just his mouth, but fellow squad member Tyler is, is just, I can't even fathom to feel right now brandon they said i don't know meats dominic do you know the meats i know the fucking meats man. Let, let let them know what are the meats that you know of if i remember correctly they mentioned just like the ribeye the, t- the t-bone the fillets the i think he even said a, stir, a skirt steak but he left out one of the most important ones was a tomahawk i mean it's i mean dominic, as someone who doesn't really know too much about the meats and the meats place mode would you like to fill me in on where all these different meats are, because they ju- they just said the name, they didn't explain them. Dominic, basically, let us know. So, basically, if I rem- if hang on, I'm trying to. Ooh, so I believe the tomahawk and the uh, like a bone and ribeye are in the same location, which is kind of like, well, it's in the rib area, of course. Um, Hence the rib eye. Yes, exactly. I, I see how the, um, how they get that name. The sirloin and the porterhouse and the t-bone um are kind of like next to the rib it's kind of like literally in the middle bottom middle of the cow um a little fattier uh, it depends depends on the cow okay depends Um, on the cut depends on what exactly you have like the flame mignon which is like the tenderloin area Um, san francisco no where the homeless are no but that's where they're gonna end up after i grill their asses into the ground so they sort of set up the stipulations. Dominic, would you like to care to respond on how you wish that this cook-off, barbecue-off is set up? Would they said maybe just have everything the same except for actually how they cook it? Would you want to choose your own steak and they can choose their own steak wherever they want? Dominic, how do you want this barbecue-off to set up? You know, if it was a perfect world, I would say you go buy whatever steak wherever you want. I'll go buy my steak from wherever I want, you know, because realistically, yeah— the cut of meat does 
play a factor in flavor and taste and every, all that kind but of stuff. But you would get the best one you know, and Travis would get the best one he knows. Exactly. You know. Oh. You, you tell him. You tell him, mascot. And Oreo is over here saying, boy, you better back the hell up because my daddy's going to cook you into the ground, right? Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'd like to hear. Anyways. But that, 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 that's just me and my perfect world, is having him... If he wants to go buy Flamignon from fucking Trader Joe's, I don't give a fuck. You know, if I want to go buy the crappiest the crap from wherever, I don't care. But the cook itself will make that steak good. You can buy... I actually watched a video not too long ago. Guy who bought, like, dollar steaks from some shitty market, and he actually turned them into, like, five-star, like, over $100 steaks. Like, that was the way he prepared them. He cooked them. So, with that being said... Uh, Travis, I leave it up to you. However you want to do it, it's up to you. But just know this. I'm not coming for just a little bit of it. I'm coming for the whole thing, motherfucker. It's on. Mic drop. Well, please pick it up because we still have a whole podcast to do. And they even slandered my name, saying that I don't know how to cook. I've been cooking pretty much every day during this pandemic. I might only be doing the George Foreman grill, but God damn it, I can I can season the meat. I can cook the meat. You know what? I even wash the dishes, goddammit. I bet you, you can cook better than both of them combined. Well, whoa, whoa, easy there. Easy. I'm just trying to build you I, up. I, I appreciate you trying to build me up, but I'm not just going to you know, go straight into the heavyweight you know, championship division. Okay, fine. You can cook better than Tyler. There we go. Maybe the studios will help me a little bit, but yeah, we, 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 won't, we won't admit it. She'll give you some tips. It's cool. You know, I think, you know, if me, and here's actually an idea. You know, we can make it a two-on-two match, and I, I, you, know, you, can honestly, do, you you and Tyler can do appetizers, and then me and, Tra- and Travis will do the uh, the main course, which is the steak. I'd rather just be the judge. I'm the judge. Tyler's the judge. Studio audience, the judge will be a pure blindfold. Not literal blindfold, but you guys put it on a certain on a certain plate. We don't know who's is whom, and we'll figure out who's the le champion of steaks. Because, you know, I also heard in the podcast that you know, I wasn't. Don't challenge him to steaks because he cooks a steak at least once a week. Blah 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 blah. <sighs> don't mean shit, cuz. Don't mean shit. Anyways. 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 Ho- back, hopefully, after, back to happier times. Hopefully, after all this uh, steak throwdown happens, we can come together as a nice family and have a good MLB preview podcast. That and should it, be. Honestly, depends on the end result. If I lose, I might, yeah, that's be, salty. Why I'm, I'm thinking, I might be salty for a yeah, bit. That's why I'm thinking that we should do this MLB preview beforehand because we don't know what our relationship will be with them after yeah, this. Because, you know, I might, be ta- I, might, I might beat Travis and then, you know, he might just go on a downward spiral from there. Hmm. Don't know. We don't Maybe know. he'll go vegetarian. That's how badly I'm going to beat him. Damn. If he beats me, studio audience, aka Mary, aka fiance, um, don't know. I cut my hair, might shave my face, might go vegan. I don't know. But no, but I actually take that back. I am no way in hell cutting my hair. (laughs) Now the studio audience is on the side of Travis because now that Dominic has laid down the promise of cutting his hair if he loses. No, see? That's uh, the vegan. Okay, now, ty- so she, she wants you to go vegan? Yeah. And cut your hair? No. You can just, so, so basically, she just wants you to turn into a hipster. Okay, done deal. A vegan, short hair, long beard I hipster. I need to buy some Toms. There you go. Even there though Toms, like, they're not that great for the kids in Africa. Because do the kids in Africa really need shoes? I think they need running water and 
you know, good health care instead of some shoes. I got dinner on the stove. Like, can we hurry the fuck up? Well, anyways, let's just jump right into it. We got some NFL news, actually quite a bit of NFL news on tap today. Cam Newton, it always happens. Every time we, we do a podcast, like the day after, a few hours after, some big news happens. And Cam Newton has signed with the Patriots. We kind of speculated that, oh, God, watch, this is going to happen. We had, I don't know if this was on stream, but we did have a little bit of the talk of what Cam is going to be with the Patriots when we had our Fortnite squad with Tyler, who who knows how long that relationship will last now. Yep. But I feel as though I was a lot higher on the upside of Cam Newton on the Patriots. Dominic, what are your thoughts in the future? How much does this help the Patriots maybe get over the hump from what they did last year, or will this just be kind of the same with Tom Brady or with Cam Newton filling in for Tom Brady? I'm pretty sure I uh, I agreed. I think I agreed with you that there's a lot of upside. Um I think I even predicted, predicted them going to the Super Bowl just because if they utilize Cam Newton to his fullest potential and he stays healthy, I think he can be somewhat uh, dangerous. Um, he's he's gifted. You can't you can't take that away from him. Um, the one thing I don't agree with is the amount of money he signed for. I think it's absurd. How much money did he sign for, Dominic? Uh, not enough. I tell you that. He signed. I don't know. If, I don't know if it's a league minimum, but it's pretty damn close. It's heavily uh, incentive laden. He can make up to seven point five million dollars, so not that much money compared to what a lot of the higher end or even the middle tier quarterbacks are making. And I think that Cam Newton overall is probably skill set wise is a better quarterback than Tom Brady athletically. If he, I I think the one key question here is always if can Cam Newton stay healthy? I mean, ever since that Super Bowl year five years ago where he was the best player in the league he's definitely fallen off mainly because of those injuries but I think if you implement him into the into the Patriots offense which had Tom Brady who is probably the least athletic quarterback that we've seen since that Peyton Manning Broncos team and now you put Cam Newton who was very athletic and he can run if he if he's healthy he can definitely throw has a stronger arm than Tom Brady I think it's just all about the fit, attitude, and everything, which I think Cam, I mean, I think people just kind of assume that Cam is a, you know, is a person that has attitude issues, but I just, I feel as though that's kind of like a false narrative. I think we kind of see it, I mean, obviously it didn't happen with AB, but we're going to talk about AB in a little bit. I think Cam will fit right in with the Patriots, and I think that they're going to be really good. I mean, people are saying like, oh, they're going to shit the bed this year, which they might have been without Cam, but for the most part, they have a damn good defense. They still have some weapons at the wide receiver. Their running backs are good enough, and I think Cam is a better quarterback than Tom Brady, so I think that's a net positive. And maybe they go to the Super Bowl, but I think they definitely will. I mean, those Bills teams are really good, so maybe they don't win the East, but I think they'll definitely get a wild card spot. So one thing that we touched before, uh, I think way before even the draft and everything, was um, – me say me stating that I would take a Tom a current Tom Brady over a Dax Prescott. Um, so when you when you say the words that Cam Newton is better than Tom Brady, you're talking about current Tom Brady, correct? Not of course. Of and if you throw new t- if you throw this Tom Brady on a new team with the Buccaneers, and you throw this Cam Newton on a new team with the Patriots, I feel as though if everything is equal and they both fit into the system well and they do what they're supposed to do. 
I would rather have Cam Newton just because athletically he can do a lot more. He can scramble. He can throw out of situations, I think, better than Tom Brady can. But maybe Tom Brady is, quote-unquote, the smarter quarterback, which is a whole different issue because usually the white quarterbacks are smarter than the black quarterbacks. But I feel as though... Oh, oh you're giving me that look? <laughs> I mean... Dominic, you're telling me that the black quarterbacks never are called smart? Oh, okay, okay, you're, you're okay, you're, you're reading the stick, you're, okay, yeah, sorry. What do you, okay, what do you think I was saying? I thought you just being extremely racist for a second. I know, I'm like, what the? Trying to cancel me? No, I'm not, I'm not trying to cancel you, but it was just, it kind of took me off guard for a second, because I've honestly never heard anyone say that. Well, the, usually when you see the black quarterbacks, they're just extremely athletic, and then we see the white quarterbacks who aren't that athletic, they're really smart. Why can't the black quarterbacks be both? I'm not saying I'm not. Uh, I know I'm not saying you're saying that. Okay, but okay. A lot of people will say that. Well, those people should be saying we're gonna, shit. We're gonna say we're gonna get serious in a little bit and talk about some some race issues, which we all know we can tackle greatly. We're very subverse. No, wrong word. Don't look at me, kid. Cause, cause. Anyways, Dominic, Anyways. You're, you did you are you sticking to your Super Bowl prediction for the Patriots? When do we usually make the Super Bowl picks? When do is it? It's usually like the week before the season starts. For now, I'll stick to stick with the Patriots. Um, I want to, you know, fully, you know, when everything's kind of set in stone before the season starts, I'll, well, when we do our preview, I will officially make uh, my prediction. But yes, as of right now, I'll take the Patriots. And I will say, if Cam is healthy the entire way, the Patriots will make it to the AFC Championship game, which we thought, God, this year which was... Which, depending on who they play, will dictate if they win or not, correct? Mm-hmm. And we thought, oh, this year, Patriots are going to suck. We can finally have a year where the Patriots aren't doing anything, but now they got Cam. And But also, the, the upside is people saying that now they're not going to tank and get the number one overall pick and get Trevor Lawrence and be good for another 20 years. Or maybe they will. Maybe. Who knows? But... It's been a while since we've talked Antonio Brown news. Uh, I know. And Antonio Brown posted a video, him working out with Russell Wilson in that lovely illegal Raiders helmet, wearing Steelers pants so he can't commit to what team he wants to be a part of. But he posted the video. Russell Wilson does not post the video. And then also on the in, on the Twitter sphere, somebody, or somebody tweeted like AB to Houston and then Deshaun Watson replied to that. And now everyone's just running wild on, is A.B. going to Seattle? Is A.B. going to Houston? I thought he was still, like, uh... He is still under investigation okay, yeah, for figured. sexual abuse and all that other stuff, which I think people, a lot of people forget. I'm like, oh, why isn't A.B. signed to a team? Uh, he's still under investigation and could possibly be suspended for the entire season. Indefinitely. Exactly. Um, no. Not, not that I would, uh... And we talked. I mean, we talked a little bit about it last week, as maybe AB goes to San Francisco because Debo has that injured foot, and we those foot injuries with those wide receivers and athletes in general can be very tricky. Well, Antonio Brown did have a foot injury. Remember when he was with the Raiders, he did this little cryogenic thing, and yeah, but that's him being an idiot, not injuring his stru- the st- structure. Oh, true, true. Um, but oh, uh, I mean, what I was gonna say was if he is found. I'm not going to say innocent. I'm just saying they quit the church. He gets acquitted. I'm not going to say innocent because I feel like he's not. But if somehow he gets to play, who's the better fit? 
Seattle, Houston, San Francisco. Where do you where do you think he would align with the quarterback the best? Because I think I, I I feel like it, it most likely will be Seattle. The thing is with Seattle is Russell Wilson has been a great quarterback and he's never had that one top tier fantastic wide receiver. Now can AB still be AB from a few years ago? Maybe we don't know that. I think so. But that's just the thing is finally Russell got somebody with as in DK Metcalf, who's super athletic. Maybe he's not, you know, in the top tier yet, but he shows flashes of it. And they were definitely successful with that combination. Now, when you go to Houston, basically that would just, he would be substituting for DeAndre Hopkins, which I would probably pick D hop over AB in terms of right now. Agree. But it's still a fantastic wide receiver. And I think if, AB wants to pursue, you know, postseason aspirations and maybe go to the Super Bowl. I think as of this moment, Seattle is definitely the better pick. Maybe he likes Pete Carroll because Pete Carroll is more of a player-friendly coach in that sense. And uh, Houston's coach, Dominic, you got this. Who am I supposed? What? Who's the Houston coach again? You're really gonna ask me who well, the just, fuck is the Houston coach? Well, I just know he's a fucking idiot. Uh, and now John Gruden. Uh, close, but no cigar. So now the uh, boys over there at Trapped on Hell are yelling at me because I know they always uh, – Bill O'Brien. There we go. I, I didn't I, – I I typed in Houston, and I thought it said Texans, but it just said Texas, which doesn't help my Google search. And my, But I figured it out. It's true. Saw the phone. Exactly. Saw a nice map of Houston. Shout out H-Town. Except for the Astros. They can go suck a dick. <laughs> um, I mean, not, not that I want to kind of rehash the past and everything, but – do you think that's ultimately why AB wanted out of Oakland was because Gruden might not have been the friendliest of people or if it, if it was GMs or whoever? Do you think that's ultimately maybe one of the main reasons he wanted out or was it or is it what everybody speculated and it was him wanting to play for a different team? Well, with AB, I just feel as though there there has to be something going on with him like mentally that I don't want to speculate and say like something's wrong with him, but just his erratic behavior it's kind of hard to judge and see like exactly who's in the wrong with all these situations. But I mean, the Raiders felt as I felt they gave him so many different opportunities that like by the end of it, it was like, why are you still even entertaining this guy and still having him on your team? Yeah. You're giving him some money and he's a talented player, but how much is that? I mean, we talked about it last year or last week with Tessa Blanchard at at a certain point, you know, the headaches aren't worth the production on the field. Well, I mean, at least Tessa Blanchard, Tessa Blanchard gave him fucking matches, unlike Antonio Brown, who played what one fucking preseason game. He did play one game with the Patriots. Oh, so he did sorry. score a touchdown. So sorry, but um, but no, I, I, going but going back to him in Seattle, I feel like yeah, that would probably be his, if it w- if he is able to play, that would be his destination, um, unless he's in it for money and he gets more money from somebody else. So this season, will we see Antonio Brown play one NFL snap? No. I'll agree with you on that. Now, last week we talked about the Hall of Fame game being canceled, and now the NFL has come out, and it is official. I don't know if it's official, but a two-week NFL preseason seemingly is in the cards, and there's still Rona talk about how efficient or how realistic is holding an NFL season you know, in a bubble or having all these players in a certain spot. So, Dominic, kind of your reaction to the NFL going forward with this two-week preseason? 
the only thing I don't understand have they have they developed a schedule yet? Do you know that part? If they have or not? I believe the schedule would still be the same. So you would have. Well, I mean, I, in terms of preseason, yeah, I exactly. think you're just, you're just cutting out two of the games. You probably each team gets one home game and one away game. I guess. I guess that's fine. Because in, in my head, I'm going like you. You can't. You can't have that many games. But I'm like, oh, I guess you could because, you know, they have fucking like ten games on a weekend. But any hoots. Um, I, in my opinion, I would maybe have like three games because because it's usually it's usually four right correct i would probably do three just because i feel like two games it's a little okay with the four games game one starters play like two seconds a half a quarter and then maybe the second game they'll play a full quarter and then maybe the third game they'll play a half or you know a quarter and or they'll play like a half and they'll do the first drive of the second half and then the fourth quarter or the fourth game nobody plays so I feel once if you do two weeks, then you'll get the first team play a quarter, and then maybe the second week they'll play you know the regular. Maybe they'll just play like coming out of halftime or something just to kind of feel that you know play the second quarter and then play the f- third quarter or something. I don't know. I mean, whatever it is. I mean, you you kind of already know that who your starters are. You're just kind of vying who who gets the second string. If you think about it, a lot of the times you know you have. The only, only team I can really think about are the Raiders because they've been the main focus of me for the past so you know so many years. But it's usually you have Derek Carr who's your starter, and then it was always who's second string, you know. So well, for the most part, it's usually those third to fourth string guys who really are working for an opportunity just to be on the team. Like yeah, there's depth chart stuff, but when it comes down to it, the third and fourth string guys are the ones who are really fighting for a job, and it's really important to them. Well, yeah, and and that's. But I mean, if you're if you're that third string guy, and you have the chance to be second, you just upped your value. I mean, shit. Look at Jimmy G. He was always second string, and now he's making big bucks with San Francisco. For how long though? That I don't know. That's a discussion for another day. So, then finally, in NFL news, we are going to get serious for a second. The Washington racial slurs, which I've called them that for I think since the beginning of time on this podcast. But what's their what's their Current name. I will not say the name. I'm gonna give you wish to say their name. You can go right ahead and say it. Are we gonna get canceled if I say it? I mean, it's technically. I mean, I'm wi- I'm just stating a name. I'm not I'm not agreeing with it or anything. I just, you know, they are they currently go by the Washington Redskins. Let that sink in for a second on how racist it is. Okay. But yes, the FedEx, which is the sponsor for FedEx Field, the place where the racial slurs play at, have put some more pressure. On Washington to change their name. Nike has taken down all Washington football merchandise, and there's been continued, you know, disagreement. I mean, this isn't a new issue. I mean, this has been going on almost since the inception of the team. But it's like now in this current era where a lot of people are speaking out, and there's a lot more movement in the, I don't want to say PC culture, but the, you know, trying to better. I'm trying to say something without getting canceled. You know what I'm trying to say. Don't be racist, people. <laughs> trying to be less racist. I mean, I, I, I could, you know, I, 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 I mean, I'll I don't sp- think we should talk about the name itself because obviously it's a terrible name. It should be changed. But I, I think I want to know more about your thoughts on is it actually going to happen? Because it's been, this has been going on forever and they've been dead set on no. It's because it's because the, of the it's, history. It's the owners that are saying no, correct? Dan it's Snyder, not, yeah. probably the worst, definitely the worst owner in the NFL, and maybe the worst owner 
in general. So, so the way I feel about it, um, I, I do agree that, yeah, it is historic, but there are times, uh, you know, basically times are changing. You know, people aren't really at this moment in time, aren't really holding on to historic names, you know, and, and really embracing it when you have, you know, for every one person that wants to retain that name and everything, you have over a hundred, you're over a hundred people that want to fucking change it. So hundreds of thousands, hundreds, probably millions if you think and millions. Um, now I'm totally in favor of changing it. I just want, um, you know, I hope that they still can maybe pay homage to the the Redskin name eventually. I'm not I'm not saying, you know, change it to this Washington, you know. So I think that's like kind of the thinking of some of the names that I've seen is still kind of continue with the Native American theming. Like there's some people who who are saying like the Warriors or the Red Tails, the I've Tomahawks. Kind of, I've always like the steak, maybe, but I've always kind of thought like. Why don't you like go with the Razorbacks or maybe not the pigskins because that's a little too close. But the Washington has always kind of had like a, like a pig like as their kind of secondary not logo but kind of like the secondary thing that like the the fans would wear and stuff. And you already have kind of with Arkansas that's always that's kind of an established name. Like why don't you do like the Washington Razorbacks or like something like that? And if you don't want, I mean, I like the the Warriors. Like that's a good name. Obviously, it's I mean. There, you have the Cardinals in baseball. You have the Cardinals in uh, NFL, which technically they both came from St. Louis, which we're not going to get into the history of sports names or anything like that. But I, I would hope – I don't know if it's going to happen this year just because I think it is kind of difficult to get all that in motion in a few months, especially with the whole pandemic. So maybe they can pledge to change it next year. But it's, the, it's Washington, and their ownership is trash, and I think they're hoping that all this stuff blows over. I mean, I I totally agree. I mean, I I actually do like wa- watching Warriors. I think that would be fine, um, or playing off of something, you know, not as racist, but with the Native American background. You know, like like you said, uh, Warriors fine, Tomahawk. Uh, you know, Braves. Tail. You can do, mm, kind of doesn't roll off the tongue though. Washington Braves, kind of. I don't know, but I'm just saying. Um, you know, I change it over time. You can maybe have a, you know, but, but here's the thing is, you know, how, how I look at it and, you know, this is, uh, you know, white privilege, white privilege talking here. Um, you know, if you have, don't, do they have like a throwback day where they have, no, that's only like baseball and, and basketball, right? Well, they'll wear like old school jerseys. So, so. Or would they be able to wear their you Washington Redskins jersey, or would they be banned from doing that? I think you just don't even go back to that. See, because that's my thing. My thing is, I okay. totally 100% agree that they need to change okay, the name, so but you got to also... But the Redskins... Okay, I, I, I said it. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said it. The racial slurs... You're fired. I know, I'm canceled. But it's pretty much equivalent to the N-word with Native Americans. Like, that's how bad that name is. See, and that's something that I'm ignorant. I never knew that that's how they f- they felt. I thought it was just more of a, like, uh, I because didn't know they're they felt. Because n- their skin is literally not red, and they're always, I mean, even if you go to, like, Peter Pan and, like, old cartoons from back in the day, they're, they always, are, they're, they're always, you know, colored red, which isn't their real skin color. So, you know, the red symbolism is 
not right, and that's kind of the main reason for why they're angry and they sh- this name should be changed. And that's why since the dawn of time, I mean, sometimes I would slip up and call them by their government name, but for the most part, I would say the racial slurs because, you know, I am I know I'm your racially ambivalent friend, Dominic, but I am part Native American. So, you know, I do a studio audience over there looking at me. You know, I took my test on Ancestry, and I'm like 20% Native American, okay? Shout out to the tribe down there in southern Texas and Mexico. All right. Hey, hey, okay, okay, okay. Mm-mm. Let's get back. We're on gonna, track gonna get into here. a race war right now. Let's, let's get back in track here. Come on, I, I, everybody. She gave me the studio audience. Let's stink sing eye. "Kumbaya," everybody. Kumbaya. No, don't say it for too long, girls. We'll get canceled. Okay. We, we can't um, afford to pay the rights fees for that. Oh, sorry. Um, but no, I I do, one hundred percent agree. Change the name, and I also do agree with what you said that yeah, they're it, they can pledge to, to change it, but it's not going to happen this season. So I think maybe if you like take away the logos and like, be, uh, I mean, I mean, I guess all you really have to do is take down or take off the logo take and the Redskin part out. Just be Washington for a season. Is that that hard? Yeah, I'm, I'm not. You do Red I'm, Bucks? I'm, I'm not in man. I'm not in management, but I would just assume that. I mean, you don't have any fans anyway, so it's not like you have to rebrand the entire stadium. So you just have to take yeah, out the logo at, at whatever the 50 yard line, change the designs of the. Just you know, just take them off. Yeah. You don't have to like redesign everything right now, but just kind of say you have another name, and then next year you can change everything up. Yeah, there you go. Look, hey, Washington, hire us. Actually, I don't want to work for them. I mean, if the the check clears, I lost my phone. Sorry to hear that. Now we're gonna go on to everyone's favorite segment. We got the MLB update, even though it does have to do a little bit with the NBA. So from last week's. Uh, de- from well, the Department of Corrections. We talked about Avery Bradley sitting out last season, and Dominic was very critical of him. And I just wanted to, to reiterate, I, I kind of forgot to bring this up because I didn't read too much into it, but the reason why he is sitting out is because his child is at risk and he has like a, an illness. So that's the main reason, not just he wants to spend time with his kid. I feel, so, I feel bad now. Okay, so your, your stance has changed. Yes, I feel really bad, Brandon. I'm sorry. <laughs> just wanted to acknowledge that. And also, there's some other NBA. So we're kind of melding, melding, mending, melting. Shout out, Mindy. Cal, Cal, Caling. I forget. Kaling. Kaling. Great on the office. Great show on Hulu. You should go check it out. Thank you. Not why that you, I why, why, why are you thanking me? Because are you Mindy? Th- there's a lot of people who say office is garbage, and those people are garbage. Anyways, we got Spencer Did Dinwiddie. And we got, uh, oh my God, Victor, whatever his name is, Oladipo. We got Oladipo. We got uh, DeAndre Jordan testing positive. Dinwiddie has said that he is strongly considering sitting out the uh, bubble season. There's also some other NBA players that are kind of considering it, and also the MLB. There's been some names out there, uh, Ryan Zimmerman, uh, some other players, and Mike Trout is someone who has come out and kind of questioned if he is going to play this season because he has a pregnant wife. She is due in a few months. Garrett Cole is either about to have a child or has already, the child has just been born like within the past few days or weeks. So he's one of those ones on the list of possibly considering sitting out. See, but I mean, why are you even considering it? I wouldn't even be there. I'd be done. 
because you're making a lot of money. And yeah, I mean, it all just kind of depends on what you want to do. Like, obviously, if you're doing this, you're going to have to be away from them. I, I don't think you're going to take the, I mean, obviously, they're trying to take the precautions to be safe. So in theory, there would be no risk. But we're already seeing in the MLS, they're doing the bubble situation with the NBA to where there's like a few uh, players like in the Dallas team that's already, they were they just got there and they tested positive. So, I mean, just because you're in this bubble scenario or you're trying to do all these tests and everything, there's no, uh, you know, there's no 100% definitive that everyone's going to be clean and not, there's going to be no issues. Yeah, because, you know, it takes one person to fuck it all up for everybody. So, it, it, and not to, you know, sweep aside the players who have already kind of said that they're not going to do this. And there's some other players out there who are at risk, like Anthony Rizzo and Carlos Carrasco, who have had cancer. So, But if those players sit out, they'll still get their money. But if a Mike Trout or Garrett Cole sit out, they're they, not being paid. they don't get paid at all. Yeah. And how big of a deal would it be for Mike Trout, who this is honestly probably the best chance that the Angels have had to make a playoff push, but family over everything. It's kind of like how much and he there's a picture floating out there that Mike Trout is the only player on his team right now who's wearing a mask during his workouts. So the question I'm going to give to you, you have the chance to be in the postseason of MLB. Would you pick your family? Would you go out there and try to win the championship? This is the best chance you've had in your career. But then maybe you guys can do it next year. But there's no guarantee. Isn't they, there you go. I think I would probably sit out. Just because, I mean... You're a pussy. Oh, so Dominic's risking... I would, I would risk it for that biscuit. All right, but I I mean, when I know there's people that are like, oh my God, you know, all these guys are bitching about who have millions and millions of dollars, but I feel as though it's almost admirable for them to give up all those millions of dollars and realize... See, but I'm not talking about the money. I'm talking about this is your chance... To, yeah, may, maybe there's an asterisk because it's only 62 games or whatever. 60. Whatever. Um, you know, maybe there's an asterisk. But your name will be, if you win that title, you win the World Series, your name will be etched in history no matter what. You're going to give that, your, and this is the best chance. You so have. is it worth it if your uh, newborn baby dies? Why is my newborn baby going to die? I'm not going to see him or her or it, whatever. I don't know. There you go. Studio, studio audience chiming in, so you don't care if you don't see your newborn child for, like, four months. I mean, if, okay, in Garrett Cole's situation, it, he just had the baby. Of course, he's with the baby, probably, or he was there for the birth. And, yeah, I, I would risk it for that. I think – I, I feel like – I feel like, you know, his wife, who married him, understands baseball is a big deal. And that if this is the best chance he had at being in the playoffs and making a push for the World Series to, and winning, she would understand if he chose. If he would, uh, he she Dominic would understand. Rent, walking on a slippery slope right now, talking about family and putting family over some other things and whatever. Right? I'm now. not saying I would do it. You literally just said that you would risk it for the biscuit. I would risk it for that biscuit. Give a fuck. It looks as though we will not be. Doing another podcast. Let's ever be real. Again, here. Am I ever gonna? Am I? Am I choosing winning a World Series over my family right now? No. If, but I feel like if if 
I was a playoff caliber pitcher, outfielder, whatever, and my team had a good chance of winning it, I feel like anybody would understand. I mean, I feel like anybody understands and would support whatever decision that person makes. I feel like if I said, no, I want to stay with my family, yes, we support you because we want to be with your family. And I feel like if I chose to play the game, people would understand it because you're passionate and you, you're you trying to add your name in the history books. So thinking of it from like a league perspective, it feels as though LeBron is going to be doing this and a lot of the big names, I mean, Kyrie and some of the other players are kind of iffy and might not do it. But I think more for the MLB side, what if Mike Trout doesn't do it? If Garrett Cole doesn't do it, how? what is that going to do to the league in general for some of their biggest stars not playing in this season? I mean, I think it's going to hurt them even more than what's going on right now. I feel and, like. And day one, the rumor is it's going to be Nationals versus Yankees, which obviously Garrett Cole is going to start that game. And th- and that's and that's what, I mean. You know, think if you think about the NBA for for an, for an, for an example, you know, when you have Lakers versus I'm just gonna say it, the Warriors, and you don't have LeBron, you don't have Steph, you don't have Clay. Are you? Do you want to? Do you want to go watch that game still? I mean, I, I did go. Probably the last normal thing I did before the Rona is I went to a Warrior game. There was no star player except for Zion, and if Zion wasn't playing, I probably would not want to go see that game. Exactly. So now, can you imagine? Now flip the baseball. Garrett Cole, who signed with the Yankees. But you're asking the wrong person because I know pretty much you know all the big names and all the people. So if if Garrett Cole's not there, I'm still watching to see Juan Soto drop dick. Okay, but I mean, let's say let's say my mom was going to the game and she only let's say she only knew Garrett Cole. Granted, she doesn't know anyone, but let's say she knew only knew Garrett Cole because of the of him signing with the Yankees. Do you think she's going to go see that game still? No. I think I mean most. I I would say most fans. Baseball is a super localized sport as it is, so you kind of got to take it by a case by case basis and. I mean, honestly, how many national stars are there even really? Like, Garrett Cole, he's a big name, but he's not a, a LeBron. There's not even Mike Trout is that. Like, Bryce Harper, maybe. It's like Bryce Harper and Mike Trout, and that's pretty much it. I feel like most of the current stars, it's a very small handful. Most of the people people know are retired. Yeah, and it's like, if they would care more for your mom's sake, because if someone from the A's or someone from the Giants is doing this, because that's who she would know more about. Yeah. And... I mean, baseball is just super localized, and it's there's no national stars right but, now. Which but is sad, I mean, but, but then it comes down to it. Let's say my mom's favorite player is Buster Posey. Let's say, and he sits out, and that's only that's the only reason she goes to games. She's not going to want to go to any games now, or watch the game, because or even watch the game regardless. There's no fans. Which Dom, if we did talk about this, are we going to be doing the the A's cutout? Fuck that, and fuck the A's, man. They pissed me off. I got to pay fucking 50 bucks to have my cardboard face on the fucking stands? Fuck that. It is half off compared to the normal $89. I don't give a shit. Dominic wants a free one? Yeah. If we did, they, a- did they refund you yet? Nope. It, my point fucking exactly. I paid fucking, what, three months of A's access just for them to say, oh, we're going to just carry over next year. Fucking fuck you guys, man. Fuck the A's. It's my money and I want it now. Damn right. No, you're not going to sing the song. Don't get demonetized. Exactly. We don't make enough money as it is. Exactly. We don't make any money as it is. Hey, whoa, 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 kayfabe. 
Sorry. I mean, may, we we roll in the dough. I still I still have that like anchor email saying like, oh, you should do an anchor commercial to get some money, which maybe we should we should do that. I mean, it doesn't hurt to try. Maybe we'll make a couple bucks. Couple bucks. Pay couple for young like, bucks. Pay for like a hot dog. Whenever baseball comes back in twenty twenty two. Maybe. Moving on. The minor league season is officially shut down. Kind of thought that this was going to happen, especially with, uh, you know, a lot of the major minor league stars and even some of the draft picks are now on major league rosters, which the A's signed their first round pick and he's going to be on the taxi squad, which another Department of Corrections. I said when I said 60 man, I should have clarified that that is basically whatever, like 20 to 25 people. It's up. The roster is up to 60 players. The entire squad is not 60 players. Oh, uh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. But anyways, minor league season shut down. Sad, but we thought that was going to happen. I mean, it's kind of, it was kind of self-explanatory. I mean, granted. Minor leaguers don't make as much, don't make really anything as it is. And with a lot of those minor leaguers getting called up, there's really no reason to play the game. Granted, now, if they were to get called up during this season, how? They signed their contract, so does that mean they're automatically going to get lowballed even more than normally? Uh, they're still getting like their stipends and their yeah, it's lowly like, wages. It's like 500 bucks or whatever, something like that. Yeah, I mean, if you're not a minor league star, you're, you ain't getting paid shit. You're, you're working during the wintertime, yeah. even during the summertime. But, but I, what I'm trying to say, though, is you know they get called up. They're still only going to be making their $500 stipend or whatever it is. Well, if you're on a major league roster, I would assume you're making the minimum, oh, okay, or yeah. the whatever prorated minimum oh, would okay. be. Okay, yeah, that, that's that's what I was figuring out. Then we got our first trade of the season. Actually, someone who we've talked about a few times on this podcast. The A's. We're only like, well, technically, we're only a few days into the start of the season, which the A's will report tomorrow on Saturday to the Coliseum. <laughs> Can't wait to see some of those photos. That should be a lot of fun. But Jorge Mateo. A's already in midseason form, committing a trade to the Padres, sending Jorge Mateo, a speedy shortstop, second base middle infielder, to the Padres for a player to be named later. If I'm not mistaken, this guy was somebody you're hot high on, right? I was not high on him. It was more that I knew who he was. Shout out to a movie, the show, doing a lot of the future stars and minor leaguers, putting them in the game. So I'm much more up to date on a lot of the minor league stars. Who but was the one that you were high on? There was one that you were like, I can see this guy being called up. or You know, we use him as examples of, you know, since the A's cut the stipend. That was Jorge Mateo. Oh, so, okay, it was, okay. That's, yes. But, uh, I mean, he was on the Yankees originally in their farm system, and he's almost kind of like a Billy Hamilton, it feels like, where he's so fast that, I mean, that's the reason why everyone likes him so much. It's because he's fast, but the bat is kind of the issue at the moment where he, yeah, he might be fast, but he's not going to get on him on base all that often and I think right now with the A's looking at second base they're kind of you know they had a lot of second basemen that are out of options so they had to kind of pick a few and maybe cut a few and Jorge Mateo was on that chopping block and I guess they decided they didn't want him send him off to the Padres who need a second baseman which the Padres are a sneaky good team this year be fun to watch them play but the Padres do have a deep minor league system and it'll be interesting to see what that player to be named later is. A famous player to be named later, Josh Fagley, who was on the A's. I think now he's on the Cubs, I believe. So I, I was talking to frenemy of the podcast, Tyler Gunderson, that if we get a Josh Fagley out of the trade, not exactly a catcher, but if he's up to that level, 
I'd be okay with that. You're talking about the caliber of a player, not 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 exactly. I mean, we have Sean Murphy, who's a pretty good catcher right now. So, I mean, I think middle infield is definitely a thing that the A's need to look at because Marcus Simeon, this is his walk year. Who knows what he's going to be doing? Second base is kind of the only real, you know, empty spot for the A's at the moment and a backup catcher spot. But who knows? Important is to fill second right now. That's the most important thing to do. So, I mean, who would you want? I mean, I'm not, I'm not I don't, trying to I mean, put I don't you know every, spot, but Yeah, I don't know the... Manny Machado. Sure. I, I mean, I'd rather take uh, Fernando Tatis, rather, which they definitely... Keep, keep not, Matt Chapman. They definitely are not going to trade Fernando Tatis, but I can dream. Besides that, Matt Chapman is way better than... Manny Machado. I almost said Freddie, or not Freddie. I almost said Fernando Rodney for some reason. Form athletic as well. Bring back Jed Lowry. Bring back Bartolo Colon. Sure. I'll take it. Big sexy. Then, in our final segment, where we're going to do these sports we never talk about, but we're going to talk about for a little bit because they have some news. And yeah, the Major League Lacrosse is returning on my birthday, July 18th. I am so excited oh, and I just can't hide it. Fuck your birthday. They are going to be running only a week long tournament season type thing. So, everybody. It's going to be on ESPN. We've been clamoring for live sports. Major League Lacrosse is back, baby. How much do they get paid? I feel like it's not, you know. Probably nothing. I'm going to say it. Probably it's nothing, but, you know, I feel like I could even play lacrosse. I remember watching indoor lacrosse. I know. Didn't San Jose have a team? And they, like. Indoor lacrosse? No, arena football. I'm pretty sure they had lacrosse. No, I'm going to look it up right now. Dominic, you fill some time. You t- Dom, do you have any uh, lacrosse memories? You ever played lacrosse? I think actually, we- no. I take that back. I remember, I think it was eighth grade because I think I was IWE. It was either eighth or seventh grade. Um, I can't remember the kid's name, but um, we're playing lacrosse, and I think it was seventh grade. We're playing lacrosse for P, and uh, one of the older eighth graders, uh, I guess, checked him with the stick, and like broke his. Uh, can't remember. I I just remember his eye was red. Like the eyeball was, it was a bloody eyeball. I can't remember if he broke an orbital bone or something like that. But I remember, I just remember he had literal blood in his eyes or his eye. And yeah, I just remember that. The San Jose Stealth were a member of the National Lacrosse League, the professional box lacrosse league of North America from 2004 until 2009. They played at the HP Pavilion at San Jose. So there you go. Big, you know, I'm such a big lacrosse fan. That I knew about the San Jose Stealth. San Lorenzo Stealth coming out. 2025. Yes. Gonna play at Royal High School. Even though this is an indoor league. Shut the fuck up. Anyways, so that'll do it for us for sports. So uh, see you later, Travis, because I know you don't listen to the... Travis, coming for you, motherfucker. So in between the sports and the wrestling talk, we got to give a shout out to Mr. X, the lone emailer of the podcast. So that means it is time for... Oh, yeah. I, I I totally was about to botch it. I was going to be like, yeah, Mr. X's question of the week. but Put some ass behind it. I got I got mm. So can, can you uh, throw it at me again? So now it is time for Mr. X's questions of the week. Bum, bum. Bum, bum. Um, basically. So I'm not going to. Do you want the questions you want or do you want me to read the paragraph? Give me a TLDR version of the paragraph. Uh, So we finally watched Long Gone Summer. Uh, great nostalgia pop, which uh, he was fifteen. So I'm I'm trying to do the, I'm trying to do it in my head. If he was fifteen during twenty two years ago, 
That would be twenty. It's twenty-two plus fifteen. Don't 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 you dare put me in the spot with math. Thirty-seven. Ah, boy. Um. Uh, he agrees that uh, this it was a love story about the time they did steroids, trying to make it relevant for today. But he also agrees with Bob Costas. Said that the the price to be paid that time period. So, I think you uh you even agreed with Costas. So, I I don't remember exactly what you agreed. That was with like what two weeks ago. So, very hard for us to remember. You drank so much after that day. Um, he wants to also state that not to mention he geeked out a little because Todd McFarlane, uh, who's one of the greatest comic book artists of all time, was also featured. Did you know that? No, I did not. You know who he is? Not a big comic book guy. You're not. As I are you a Mar- are you le- are you Marvel or DC? Marvel. Oh, we've already just lost a couple fans. Great, thanks, Brandon. Uh, let's see. Mm-hmm. Hang on, I'm but I will be getting the Aquaman skin in Fortnite because I'm a child. Oh no, I understand. Uh, and he also wants to paraphrase Jake Taylor in the classic movie Major League: The Reds are going to win the whole fucking thing. Now we're not going to do our entire preview right now, but. The Reds are not winning the whole Scott Boris thing. on starting nine. I know Dallas Brains podcast. Dominic loves Dallas Brains so much. He Huge said fan. that the Cincinnati Reds were his sleeper pick. So not trying to be a homer or kiss up to Mr. X, but the Reds are, are sne- not going anywhere. Fuck are the Reds. going to be sneaky good this year. Anyways, I am on the Reds bandwagon. Shout out Sunny Gray. You're really on the Reds bandwagon. If the. I'm debating between them or. The Padres, because the Padres. Right there, you're the, sleeping on the White Sox. Well, I was thinking like National League version. Oh, it's like if my shock World Series pick would be the White Sox versus either the Reds or the Padres. But we all know the favorites are the A's. Of course, exactly, exactly, of course. Of course. So, um, that that's pretty much the only sports stuff. Uh, getting into the wrestling, and I I kind of I kind of agree with this. So uh, he he states, "Do you think the reason they're doing the whole ninja thing with?" Uh, Tozawa is because recovery. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Is because in front of a real crowd, they'll be chanting, This sucks, this is boring, this is awful, stuff like that. I actually do think that's mainly why they're doing this whole ninja gimmick thing. If this was in front of crowds, this thing would be dead on arrival. The other thing I want to point out, though, too, is doing this ninja gimmick isn't this not a little bit, but a lot of it racist. Yep. And And no one's turning it off. I think people, well, this I think this week's ratings were not very good, but I think when it comes to like people in WWE who have a long history of very racist gimmicks and stuff, I think people just kind of throw it aside and go, "That's pro wrestling. It's stupid, and no one cares." And yeah, which kind of sucks. But but you know, weeks ago when Nia Jax did her little Oscar thing, the inter- internet blew up, and it was like, "That's fucking wrong and shit." So like, how is how is that wrong? And this isn't acceptable to a point i didn't know the internet blew up because i'll be honest i didn't hear anything when she came out with the mask and did her little song and dance no didn't she go like beep, 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 or something like that like that literally she made that like she's like like she mimicked her not 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 in the way that someone might have done before <laughs> on this podcast yeah but <laughs> but uh shut the fuck up um uh i just said someone i didn't say who oreo um but uh, she did do something along the lines of like you know, mimicking her, and people were upset about it. You didn't? You ever heard about that? Not really. Oh, well. But okay. usually I'll just skip through Nia Jax stuff, anyways. True. 
Um, and the last but not least, something that you might feel heavy or agree with or whatever. Um, at this point, is the 24-7 title even necessary anymore? Was it necessary when it first got introduced? Or do they keep it around R-Truth and add comedy to the show? Well, the R-Truth situation, that's a whole different racist gimmick that should not be on television because... Oh, you're going to say it's right Dominic, they have the black guy being dumb. He's not dumb, he's funny. He's dumb. Bro, he, he's been everything in the WWE. He's been dumb, he's been mean he's been he he's done everything in wwe you can't really yeah, say but the last whatever six seven eight years he's been the dumb black guy uh, i don't think so white privilege uh, no i'm not even saying that i feel like the, you're saying the last eight, even... you're saying the last eight years last eight years he's been the dumb black guy yeah pretty much when's the last time he was in a, a real thing like that tag match with miz against cena and the rock in like what 2011 at Survivor Series, that's like the holy last, fuck. That was that long ago. That was like the last serious thing he was really a part of. Oh shit! Never mind. I I thought that wasn't that long ago. God damn. Never mind. Rock and Cena. Was I have one. a concussion. Leave me alone. Oh uh, uh, yes. Well, I f- we forgot to talk about that. Dominic has been concussed, so anything he says is he's blaming on the concussion and yes, the CTE. Unless you agree with it. It's only CTE if it's wrong. Yes. But no. that 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 that's pretty much it, Brandon. Um, Mr. X, thank you for. You're the longest reigning emailer to this podcast. You know, close second is... That one guy on Facebook who asked about Apollo Crews? Yes. And if you wish to ask us any questions, Twitter, Facebook, Gmail. Gmail is curveballncs at gmail.com. Facebook, just look up Curveballs and Share Shots. Twitter, curveballsncs. You know, I check everything every day except for the email. Because I always make sure he checks it right before the podcast starts. Exactly. Just <laughs> look at that. Studio audience says a handgun towards the dog and he goes crazy. I said, Give me the towel. Oh. There you go. Mascot's been very vocal on this podcast. It's the beginning of a new era. A little too vocal. <laughs> but, anyways, let's jump on into the wrestling news. Do we have to? Uh, we can skim through a lot of this. Okay, good. WWE apparently has sent out some feelers and some interest towards Tessa Blanchard. AEW seems as though they are not interested. So your thoughts? We speculated about this last week. I thought if Tessa's going to get her shit together, I think WWE is the much better fit for her. Your thoughts? Do you think AEW is smarter than WWE by not showing interest in Tessa because they know of the negativity factor. And they have a lot more of the indie wrestlers who may have had a little more interactions with her. Oh, I did not even think about that part either. That people probably have first account knowledge of, hey, this this is a bad cookie, don't. And if you go to, I mean, I would assume she was kind on her best behavior when she was in WWE during the Mae Young Classic, but even during that time, there was kind of rumblings that her and Ricochet, who were together at the time, they may not have been the uh, the best people backstage. Together or towards other people? Towards other people. I think they kind of were like their shit don't stink type of thing, which we talk about Ricochet. Well, I mean, that's that something that when he first got signed that you you mentioned, because I remember that you were like, you know, people say that he's kind of arrogant and, you know, my shit don't stink and that's not going to fly. And I mean, to me, he seems kind of humble so far. So, yeah, hopefully. If Tessa does go to WWE, she does good work. I think she will do good work, and I think with Becky out, that she could be a good substitute. And if Becky comes back, 
that could be a fantastic match. Then, more WWE news. They have bought out Evolve. They have been long partners with them for the last few years. Evolve run by Gabe Sapolsky. And not really known quite yet what this exactly means. If it's more of just a library buyout so they can put on the network. If WWE is just going to... You know, it's like WCW where they buy it and then shut it down. If they're still going to be running shows, just kind of, you know, you know, having more interest in the company. But kind of your overall thoughts on this news that happened today. So still not a lot of news about what and, you know, the details, but just your overall thoughts of them buying out Evolve. I mean, I, I do feel like it is just for the library. Um, granted, with COVID still running rapid and upticks in cases and everything um do i think that they're going to start running i think eventually they will keep allowing them to run shows maybe not as frequent as they were doing but i mean to kind of kill evolve would kind of be you know horrible for the business um you know indie indie wrestling is uh taking a hit if you don't if you think about it this past year so far or this year so far because of with uh, Rona and you know not beat people not be able to go to shows and whatnot so I feel like you know if you totally take Evolve away where are you going to get your wrestlers from other promotions and then you know then you just you're kind of going back to what WWF was was eating promotions and turning into a mega giant which is WWE today I think maybe Evolve is going to turn more into a minor league system for WWE. If NXT is AAA, then Evolve will be AA. I think that's going to be I like the thing. That too. And maybe Evolve be a little more independent from NXT to where they can still bring in some other outside talent. But I think it's definitely going to be more of a feeder system to NXT and maybe even to WWE. So, um, my my underst- the way I look at it too is you can also make evolve what nxt was originally too well but that's basically what you just stated but then if you if you bring in like some random strong man from china and you put him on evolve that just kind of is completely different of what evolve used to be and what it is right now so would you allow would you want i guess the new branding of evolve just to be what evolve was was just book whatever matches with whoever you can get and you know, maybe you hit you hit a home run with one guy, and you know, okay, this guy's pretty good. Let's bring him back next week and next week and week, and you know, you keep bringing him back until. Well, that's kind of what the like the Tampa, like the Florida circuit of NXT was. Was there was always like the the Florida scene where that's where a lot of the lower level NXT wrestlers would tour, and then the national tours, like when they come out to here or into you know Chicago, New York, and stuff like that. That's where like the NXT wrestlers you see on TV would go. So there's always kind of like a two different, you know, there's two different sets of crews and who knows if Evolve is going to be more of a feeder system. Maybe it's kind of where they try out some people and that can be kind of a way to get people in the door, not actually be in WWE, but kind of be under their umbrella to where they can have a match and William Regal can go and scout them and they can always have somebody and yeah, but it's going to be interesting to see. Obviously Evolve isn't running shows at the moment. Who knows when? They will run shows if they will run shows, but don't be surprised if we see some Evolve collections or some best of Johnny Gargano matches or whatever on the network coming soon. Then, Gallows and Anderson apparently is heading to Impact. They are, July 18th is a big day in the world of wrestling because that's when a lot of the uh, recent releases 
that's when their no compete clause is finished and Slimversary is also on the 18th and it seems as though Gals and Anderson will be going to Impact. Is there something else on the 18th? I don't know. Something I don't know, kind of important to you. I mean the 17th is going to be my grandma's first oh, birthday Jesus. when she's not here. Oh Jesus. You just good job, Dominic. You just opened up a wound. Sorry. But uh, yes, that would also be my birthday. Hey, look at that. Uh, but so Gallows and Anderson apparently is going to impact. They're teasing EC3. Also, Eric Young being teased. Uh, so maybe if you want to take them one by one. But first, Gallows, Anderson, we thought maybe go to Japan. Maybe they still could go to Japan. But it seems though they would be going to impact. I feel like if they do go to impact, then they have a deal worked out with them stating that they can go to Japan and they, they, they can, they can play on both teams. Um, granted, I feel like I'm going to, I'm going to say this without trying to disrespect them and impact, but I feel like the best fit for them would be new Japan just because they can kind of maybe try to reform or something with the existing bullet club. Um, you know, you have the OGs coming back and you but know, both the of them, real OGs coming back. But both of them do have families. Both of them had made their WWE money and maybe they're just like, we love Japan, but it's just kind of a lot to keep going back and forth from Japan to the States. And if you go to Impact, you're going to get a, a good deal, get some money, get your shit in. You can still do some indie dates and you'll be fine. I know. And that ultimately, that's probably what's going to happen. But I still feel like they do have a, you know a contract with New Japan saying, like, yeah, we'll come back and do a couple dates or something. I I feel like they have to. Or maybe they could also be a focal point in New Japan America if New New Japan America ever really takes off once the Rona's done. But that can also be an issue. I totally even forgot about that. That's also something that they can do. And that's probably another thing, too, is, like, hey, we'll also, you know, be a part of that. I don't know. Uh, Any thoughts on EC3 and or Eric Young going back to Impact? Um, I, I, I wouldn't doubt it. I feel like especially EC3 and Eric Young, I feel like the the highest points of their career were in Impact, not going to WWE, um, especially with Eric Young. I, I feel like WWE screwed Eric Young so bad. He Not not to say that he could have been a world champion, but they, they could have used him a lot better than what they did with him. I liked what he did in NXT. He was pretty much like Cassius Ono. He was kind of the, the older guy, and he, he had a, a decent mid-card spot, but then when he goes to... And or WWE, he was nothing, and never seen. I mean, who would have thought Nikki Cross was going to be the star in WWE out of everybody there? Yeah, exactly. I mean, what's his name? Wolf is uh, well, shit. Wolf is in Wolf UK. is in Imperium, and then the Killian Dane is doing jobs in NXT. Yeah, Eric Young's gone. So I mean, it. Uh, Shout out Nikki Cross. Yes. Moved on to Raw. Oh, but I want to state this though too. I, I'm just feel like it would. How I'm gonna think I would think it's hilarious, but how funny would it be that you think it's EC3, you think it's Eric Gun, Eric Gun, Eric Young? Oh, I've you, heard of Young, not you, Gun. You think, uh, you know, you think it's gonna be Gallows that Bill, and Anderson? Is that Billy Gunn's like third kid? Maybe. You think it could be Gallows and Anderson, but yet it's actually the return of Mike Bennett and Maria. Like, how what would how big of a swerve would that be for you? I mean, I'm not really watching Impact right now, so I don't know if it'd be that big of a swerve. But shout out Mama Thickness. She's facing Deanna Perrazzo at Slammiversary. It's going to be a fantastic match. Let's move on, then. 
Then we got the raw recap. We got the contract signing starting off. We get uh, Banks and Asuka in a kerfuffle. And then after getting into a fight, they were able to quietly and calmly sit down for five minutes and hear everybody speak. We got Ziggler talking to McIntyre, McIntyre talking to Ziggler, and this sets up a mixed match tag at the end of the show, which had Banks and Ziggler defeating McIntyre and Asuka Banks, pinning Asuka. Kind of your just overall thoughts on these multiple segments, including these four participants. I mean, I'm, I'm a little upset that Banks and uh, Ziggler won. I know they won because at Extreme Rules, they're going to lose. The horror show. The horror show. The horror show? Horror. Horror. The horror show. 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 God. Now I'm all fucked up. God damn it. The horror show, Extreme Rules. Now I got a little accent on me. Um, you know, they're going to lose, of course. That's why that's, it's 50-50 booking. But um, I feel like... I feel like McIntyre needs to be strong. Yeah, he didn't get pinned, but Sasha pinned Asuka. I mean, to me, this whole show was crap anyways, and there was no way of saving it. So, And the ratings showed that. Speaking of some 50-50 booking, we get Apollo Crews taking on MVP, and what happens when somebody takes on a champion in a non-title match, Dominic? They, wait, the champion loses, but... Correct. The yeah. champion loses to MVP, which is probably going to set up a title match down the line. Maybe they're going to have Apollo take on Lashley, but that was a match that happened, and apparently, uh, you know, WWE being so diverse and being so thoughtful, having all the black wrestlers all be in the segment together, we have Lashley taking on Ricochet, which, look, Ricochet's a thing now. We haven't, Whoa, seen, haven't seen him in forever. We also saw Cedric Alexander. What? And Lashley beats Ricochet with his full Nelson. We thought Ricochet and Cedric would be going somewhere with their tag team. And Guess not. Yeah, now they're just losing to Lashley. I mean, it could be worse. They could have been losing to, you know, MVP. I, I felt as though you could have just done this segment with Lashley with the jobber or somebody else. Like, do you really have to have Ricochet do that? And Ricochet, please, just leave. Go to AW. Go to New Japan. Just get out of WWE because... Vastly underutilized. Would it be Ricochet or would it be Prince Puma? Well, I would hope he's Ricochet because he was Ricochet outside of WWE. But he's also Prince Puma in Lucha Underground. But Lucha Underground isn't a thing anymore because they don't be paying their wrestlers. Good job, Conan. Then we got Big Show and a promo. He, you know, I'm a legend, so try to kill me, Randy. Don't see Randy Orton on the show. Ric Flair, who, once again, should not be there during the pandemic. But when he is there... I'll say it. Yeah, I think he's doing some damn good work. Uh, we get Andrade and Garza trying to beat a Big Show, setting up a handicap match. And what do you know? The almost pushing 50 Big Show beats both Andrade and Garza in a handicap match. Yes, they're still pushing the dissension between the two Zelina boys, but they still lost in a handicap match to the Big Show, who we don't see at all. And yeah. I mean... <laughs> I, I guess the only way you can really describe the, uh, not describe it, but you can play it off is because of the the internal feud going on with Angel and, and Andrade. So, um, do I think they should have beat Big Show? Yeah. I mean, you could have thrown Zelina in there and kind of... Here's a crazy thought. Yes. You don't have the match at all, so you don't have to get booked in that predicament. Are you serious? There, that's that's a possibility? I, th I think it is a possibility. So, so you wait. Hang on, hang on. 
So you mean Big Show wouldn't have to wrestle at all? Or maybe he wrestles, but he doesn't wrestle two rising stars who have already been jobbed out a bunch of times, and you can just, I don't know, have a low-level jobber like, say, a trainee at the Performance Center face the Big Show. crap. You... These are... This or is maybe like Area Fifty One stuff, bro. Big, they do the angle, but yet they just don't have the match. They can just attack him, and then he just hits a couple. Maybe he makes the come. He it. makes the comeback when she stands tall, but he don't have to actually pin them. There you go, Brandon. This is why I always say this every episode: you should be a booker. Maybe Paul Heyman would have thought of that. But is not, he in charge? But not Bruce Pritchard, apparently. Nope. Then we get Seth Rollins. Uh, with his buddy Murphy, no Austin Theory, which Austin Theory is uh, part of the allegations that have been going on these past few weeks, so I think that's the reason why he's not there. But anyways, uh, we get kind of the same song and, song and dance with Rollins doing a, a slow, methodical promo. We get uh, Ray and Dominic, spelt the wrong way. Thank you. Uh, from the house. And, I mean, it's all kind of the same stuff. We get a tag match between them and Black and Humberto. I mean, tag match was fine, but it's just kind of the same thing over and over and over again. I hope, I mean, I'm pretty sure we're going to see this for the next, like, month and a half leading up to SummerSlam. Eh, I mean, it's the same song and dance, but, I mean, at least it's decent. And then, finally, we get Ruby Riot, who apparently is a babyface now just because the Iconics called her a loser. Hell of a way to turn babyface. That's horrible. Peyton Royce defeats Ruby Riot in, like, a three-minute match, so, once again, hell of a babyface turn for Ruby Riot. But, hit him with it. And now Ruby Riot is all uh, sobby, and maybe she will be joining up with Natalia and Lana, and maybe Liv Morgan will join the clan as well. Not that kind of clan. Oh, I was stating. I thought clan you were, with a C, not with a K. I thought you were going to talk about Peyton Royce hinting the that uh, Peyton Royce has a new move, and it looked pretty good. Yes, even though it was like everybody's a, talking about it. Yes, yes. Sorry, I went on a, a spiel about the clan. Yeah, because you're covering your ass. Don't want to get canceled. Exactly. With the clan with the C, not with K. I don't like it, anyways. I don't think that's a good uh, group. It's just the cast off and the loser. It's the land of misfit toys. Isn't that pretty much what uh, Riot Squad was about? They were the kind of the castaways, kind of the misfits. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You see how that worked out? I just don't see how you're gonna have Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan, Natalia, and Lana. All Co- be together. Coexist. And, yeah, coexist when they're all... I mean, I never thought Liv was going to be the next Trish Stratus or something, but they were at least pushing her and doing something with her, and then they just kind of... It was like, oh, she's not that great of a wrestler, so maybe we shouldn't do this with her. I remember I was listening to something, not to like a couple days ago, and, you know, they say, you know, Vince is, you know, Vince loves his new toys, but when he gets when he gets tired of it, he just throws it away. I feel like that's what it was. He was high on live for a couple of weeks and just, eh, I'm not really feeling it anymore. Let's stop it. I think that's what it was. Can't wait to see how this storyline plays out. Now let's move on to the Wednesday night wars, if you want to call it that. NXT once again beats AW in viewership. Dynamite getting the better demographics. Both shows are up. I mean, I don't know if we want to talk about too much of the ratings. The but only thing I want to ask is because I I've been he- I've been on Twitter and I've been seeing both sides. What's most important, viewership or demographic? I would say you want more viewers because viewers is money, but the demos is what the advertisers want and 
18 to 35 are more likely to buy things and go to your shows than, say, the 50-plus-year-old boomers out there watching NXT. So, okay, so then you would say, then then you agree with AEW technically winning because they won the demographic, but NXT won the viewership. Just like yesterday when frenemy of the podcast, Tyler Gunnerson and I were having a dispute about Bryce Harper and if he's overrated or not, I said, like, oh, it's just, you know, a matter of statistical manipulation. You can just grab whatever stat you want and just... And say, I and, won. And tell whatever story you want. Yes. I just feel like it's the same thing. Like, yeah, AEW won some things, NXT won some other things. As long as they're both good shows and they don't get canceled, I really don't care. hundred 110% agree. Now, overall thoughts. What was a better show? First night of Fighter Fest? First night of Great American Bash? Oh, God. Um... I'm gonna I'm gonna say it, and you can either rip me a new one or agree with me. I'm going with Great American Bash. I agree, as well. I think the highlight of both shows, maybe the Taz promo, I don't know. But anyways, uh, go to Dynamite first. We get the Jurassic Express defeating MJF and Wardle. I like to once again go to the Department of Corrections. I on the Bulletcast it said that MJF and Wardle defeated Jurassic Express, but that is wrong. This is what happens when. I'm kind of halfway pulling to Dominic and not paying attention. I just go with whatever I see in front of me. And yeah, Jurassic Express won. Uh, we get uh, some more shenanigans with MJF and Wardlow. Get into a little bit of a kerfuffle. MJF actually punches Wardlow. Uh, Luchasaurus pins Wardlow for the win. MJF still. I would still classify himself as undefeated. He has not been pinned. Correct. Overall, that was a good match. Decent, yeah. I think Jurassic Express, I think they should be built up a little bit more. I think Wardlow, as of this moment, I don't know if you're going to turn him babyface, which I don't think that's the right move. I hope they can kind of, they tease dissension, but in the end, Wardlow, still being a simp, goes back to MJF. I, I would love to see that go down and maybe culminate at a title match with MJF to where you think, okay, he's going to screw him over, but then it kind of, you know, re re redefines that yes i'm a heel and helps mgf capture a title and then i think maybe in you do maybe an angle or two again where there's dissension and you can kind of tell that warlow is kind of fed up with mgf but not right now he's still kind of willingly going with mgf because he knows you know mjf will kind of get him to a certain point but then once maybe mjf you know hits that ceiling with warlow he's like okay I'm done, and he turns on him, and maybe that can be something. I still don't see yeah. that much of an upside babyface-wise with Wardlow. I think as a heel, he fits a little bit better just because he is kind of green and yeah, not that I great. I agree, I agree. Moving on, we get Hikaru Shida retaining her women's championship against Penelope Ford. The match was all right. The sequence with Shida attacking Kip Sabian was laughably contrived. And Penelope Ford, I thought she was you know good, very athletic, still kind of green, at times, but wasn't the worst women's match. Wasn't the best women's match. Was there any doubt in your mind that Ford was going to win this match? I thought at the end, I thought they had some decent near falls, but I think in the entire time, I thought Sheeta was going to win, which I enjoy what Sheeta's doing. I think she's by far the best women's champion they've had thus far because she can have decent matches. She's been there every single week, unlike Ryu or Ryu. Is that her name? I forget. Rio? Riho? Riho. There we go. Riho. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, my opinion, I, I kind of had no doubt in my mind that Sheeta was going to retain. Um, granted, 
you know, if the orig- if it was the original match, which was Sheeta versus Statlander, you know, I probably would have went with Chris, but, you know. Nyla Rose is supposed to have a match next week, and she's supposed to have, like, a big announcement. Any thoughts on what that's supposed to mean? A manager and something, a handler or whatever? I don't know. No, I have no idea what it's going to be about. Were you going to make a joke or something? You stop no. yourself? Oh. We have, like, that shitty grin on your face. I'm just hungry, Brandon. Hungry for more. Right back over here. Would you like to give the viewers a quick Wiener Schnitzel review since you never had it before? Well, the chili dog, you know, I would say it was maybe like a 6-3. Now, if let's just, I just want to ask if it was, a, if there was just a chili bowl, like just the chili itself, what would chili bowl give the chili bowl at Wiener Schnitzel? Just the chili itself. I'd say like a 7-7. Seven, seven. Okay. I thought okay. it was fairly good. Little on the watery side, though. It's maybe like a 7-6. We're running way too long for me to continue on with this chili bowl talk. But anyways, okay. Cody retains his TNT title against Jake Hager. Kind of a awkward, contrived finish with kind of the pin tap out. And I don't like the ref segment, the ref spot either. Yeah, I mean, the match itself was all right, I guess. I mean, at this point, I've kind of just given up all hope on Jake Hager being something. Never thought he was going to be anything to begin with. I think at this point, it's kind of proven that Maybe he shouldn't be pushed at the level he is. And hopefully that will stop. But he was, he is a former world champion, so you can't take that away from him. So he does have some draw factor. Does he, though? No, I think he with, does not. With WW, I mean, with these WWE cast-offs, I think you need to pick and choose. Like Cody, good. Moxley, he's on the upper tier, so he, he's fine. But I think if you're going to bring in you know, FTR, which they're talented, that's working out thus far. But if you bring in, like, Zack Ryder or Kurt Hawkins or whatever, and they don't pan out, then that just kind of further hurts the image of AEW of kind of being TNA 2.0 of just bringing in WWE cast-offs. And, that, and that's basically what's going to end up happening is when, once this whole thing gets lifted, they can bring back in all the, the uh, you know, I'm not going to say nobodies, but all the indie people that they were probably planning on bringing in, um, you know, will make it a lot better, but... We'll have to see. Private Party defeats Santana and Ortiz. Sloppy match once again, but that's kind of what happens with Private Party. Now, I said I wasn't too high on Jake Hager and what they've been doing. I'm very disappointed of how much they haven't been pushing Santana and Ortiz. I think they can be so much more. And I think you should just flip-flop where Hager's the guy who's doing a lot of these jobs and Santana and Ortiz are protected. Do you think they're, they're I'm not going to say jobbing, but do you think they're you know, losing so many matches because they're just so easily, you know, they can easily get pushed. I mean, if you like to repeat yourself because Studiance was talking to me, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm saying I'll repeat. TLDR. Basically, is Santana Ortiz losing because they can easily be pushed and built back well, up I quickly? Well, I think at this point they've lost so many times that it's kind of hard for them to, I mean, you have to, re- I think you have to, at this point you have to rebuild them. A little bit. You can't just automatically put them. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying you know, next week a, they have a title match. I'm just saying that'd though, be private party. They could have a title match next week, but they lost. But I'm, but I'm saying though is you know it's Santana Ortiz. They can easily just be like, hey, I know we've been on a losing streak, but we're fucking still a badass tag team. I'm hoping that could still be the case. And I mean they've been there pretty much every single week, and they're the guys that have been losing a lot. And I wish that they weren't. But anyways, moving on. Taz cuts a promo with Brian Cage with John Moxley's current situation with Renee Young testing positive. 
the title match between Cage and Moxley has been pushed back to the week of my birthday. Am I going to be one of those people who's like, oh my God, it's my birthday week. Let's go. Party. Oh my God. If you ever do that again, I'm going to smack you. Maybe I want you to smack me. Mm. Oh yeah? Talk about that off the podcast. Okay. But Taz uh, doing some shoot comments, brother. Uh, talking about WWE ran a sloppy ship. Not name dropping WWE, but obviously we knew what they were, what he was we talking can, we, about. We can uh, read between the lines. But I think the delivery and everything was fine, and I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. But I think when I don't know if w- or AEW should be throwing shade at WWE with their you know Corona situation because you're playing with fire. I mean, you have all these people at your tapings, and yes, they're in an outdoor venue where the likelihood is a little bit lower. But, I mean, it only takes a few to whatever It that takes is. one person to fuck it up for everyone else. Exactly. And if AEW, you know, is throwing shade right now, it, give it a month and, you know, ten people test positive, then there's egg on their face with this. Let, let's just be clear here. One one thing when this whole AEW, WWE thing was happening was a lot of people stated, I just want both shows to be great because I love wrestling. I understand you gotta take jabs every once in a while because some that that's how you kind of keep the fire going. But there's there's a difference between Cody wearing in a in America or a Great American Bass T-shirt than Taz saying that you guys, you know, are terrible and you're getting everybody sick. Exactly, and I feel, and it kind of comes back to the Brody Lee stuff. Remember Brody Lee was kind of you know, taking those subtle jabs. Sometimes, not so not so subtle. I was say, sometimes not so subtle, but um, it, it's one of those things where, you know. Some some are fine, most aren't. They gotta. I think, in my opinion, they need to start kind of taking the leash out and kind of pulling back on that leash and saying that you guys need we need to stop with these jabs. Anyways, disappointing, but the right call for them to move the title match back, and definitely excited to see that happening. Then in the main event, we get Kenny Omega and Hangman Page retaining their tag team titles against the Best Friends. I thought it was a really good match, and then the end FTR. Sitting there drinking a beer, offers a beer to Paige and Omega. Obviously, Paige drinks it because he's a raging alcoholic, but he doesn't drink on the job. It's the one thing he's a responsible alcoholic. Unlike Stone Cold. Hey. But I love Stone Cold, so okay. no Stone Cold slander on this podcast. And then uh, Omega dumps out the beer, and they get in a little of a, a tiff. Young Bucks come out to try to sort the whole thing out. Well, I, I'm wondering what this exactly means. Is this kind of the first step, first hint at an Omega heel turn? Or is this them trying to tell a story which maybe it wasn't, you know, the best way possible? I, I'm not I'm not going to say it's a heel turn. I'm going to say it's just a bad way of them trying to explain a story. But then again, you know, maybe, maybe they're trying to say maybe Kenny's trying to quit drinking or something. You know, you never know. He's straight edge. He doesn't drink at all. He's not straight edge. How do you know? Because I said so. CM Punk straight edge, right, buddy? Darby Allen's straight. Shout out Darby Allen. That backflip he did onto the skateboard. I don't know how many times he he tried to do that, but yes, I know we're running long. Okay, if you want to get dinner, studio audience, just go get dinner. Oh goddamn! I guess this. I guess is where we're gonna get off the podcast because she's gonna rip your head off. No, you're the one that's hangry. You're the one telling us to go home. No, you're telling us to go home. Anyways, anyway. Moving on to the Great American Bash. Yay. I know. We're, you know, we're going to go so long now. 
So Dominic's favorite match of the show, probably. Tegan Knox takes on Dakota Kai, Mia Yim, and Candice LeRae, and she wins. In well, I not she takes on all of them. It was a fade forward match, elimination style. My girl Candice loses first, which I was very sad at. Tegan Knox defeats uh, Dakota Kai to win. She will face Io Shirai later on down the road for that women's title. Can't wait to see that match. I feel like I feel like Dakota Kai very deserving. I think it'll be a great match with her and and uh, Io, and I can't wait. I think it's gonna be an important match for Tegan because she's someone who they've been pushing. And I think this is going to be a big opportunity. I don't know what the dynamic will be. Will Eo maybe tease a little bit more heelish? Be a little more heelish? It'll probably be more of a straight-up babyface, babyface matchup. But probably. Hoping that this match could really deliver. Then we get some promos between Damon Priest and Cameron Grimes sprinkled throughout. Cameron Grimes, I, I know I was kind of the uh, the leader of his bandwagon, but uh, right now I'm not enjoying his promos. They're kind of trash, to be honest. Very indie-rific. Indie-rific? Yes. Can you explain to me in that term? It was like super lowbrow, and he's like too over the top. It's kind of like if you go to an indie show, you know nothing about the guy. He cuts a promo, and it's like, oh, I can tell he's a bad guy because the way he came across. Oh, so it's obvious and oblivious. Okay, I got you. Okay. Um, I mean, I didn't think anything of it, really. I mean. And that's the problem. And that's, I don't think. We get Timothy Thatcher defeating Oni Lorcan in a... Cassius, catches, catch can type match went actually a, a decent amount of time. I very much enjoyed this match. Thought it was a lot of fun, and they're continuing the push of Timothy Thatcher, which I am happy to see. I I can't wait to this whole Rona thing is is figured out and everything because I cannot wait for him and Pete Dunn. Yeah, I mean if Thatcher is pushed correctly, I think he could be a top tier heel and maybe not. He's probably not going to win the title. The NXT title, he could win the North Push American title, but but yeah, I mean, if you put him against a babyface, Adam Cole, good God, that can be a lot of fun. Oh, definitely. Then, uh, I don't know if I'd say the low light, but uh, not the most prestigious match on the card. We get Rhea Ripley defeating Robert Stone and Aaliyah in a handicap match. Rhea Ripley only a few months removed from opening up WrestleMania Night 2, and now she's in a comedy handicap match with Aaliyah and Robert Stone. But at least she won. She did win. So that is a positive, I guess. Then that's sadly the only thing you can take away from it. Do you think she's damaged being in this scenario? Oh, 100%. I think – I'm not going to say the right call was for her to get called up immediately after the loss. But, I mean, Jesus. You could you need to call her up. Put her on SmackDown. Let her beat Bailey. Let her be the badass face for a while on on SmackDown, you know, and go from there. Then we get Dexter Loomis defeating Roderick Strong in a strap match. The whole point of a strap match is for everyone to be in close quarters and basically wrestle the entire match kind of in the ring, but yet this match kind of just went all over the place. And I thought this match went on way too long. Uh, Dexter Loomis, once again, maybe has a strong character, but when it comes to in the ring, just not clicking right now. Well, that's something that he needs to work on. I feel like he kind of reminds me of, like, Elias in NXT. If you think about it, he's just, you know, his his personality out of the ring is good, but the in-ring is mm, not the best. Then we get a promo from Santos Escobar. Wonderful name, Great. by the way. Uh, and he deems his little group, his little threesome, the... LWO. Uh, no. Damn. Legado del Fantasma. That'd be the Fantasma League. Oh, okay. Cool. Cool. Something like that. I don't know. 
I was hoping for the studio audience to like make fun of my Spanish. But anyway, she's not paying attention. Yep. Uh, Drake Maverick interferes, and Tyler Breeze kind of helps him out. And so we're confi- continuing on with that feud. Cool. Then in the main event, we get Io Shirai taking on Sasha Banks' non-title match. Bailey was at ringside. It's NXT with two top ta- uh, top end talents. So you know the finish was not going to be clean. Asuka comes out from, I don't know if it was from underneath the ring, but she sneakily comes out and sprays mist in Sasha Banks' face, and Io gets the win. I liked it, but the only thing I did not like was spitting the green mist. That's the only thing I didn't like. I mean, I, I mean, you know, it was cool and all, but I feel like, you know, Asuka could have, you know, I wish there was a little more interaction than just spitting green mist. Athletically, in the ring, good. Really good match. I thought they told a good story. Shitty finish, as I kind of expected, because with Sasha facing Asuka for the title, I would assume they're going to protect her. I was a little scared that maybe Io was going to lose, but that is not the case. I feel as though, like, I mean, percentage-wise, not that many people watch NXT compared to Raw. So what's the point of just having Io win sort of clean? Like, maybe a little bit of shenanigans on the outside, but not actually interfering in the match. Meh, I mean... I feel like overall it was still a fine match. I mean, yeah, one of them could have won a little more clean, but, I mean, would you want Sasha to win clean? No. You would need Bailey to do something. Io wins clean. I feel like it does hurt Sasha a smidge just because, I mean, it's Sasha Banks going into a t- She has a title match coming up soon, so it's like I think everything was actually fine. I just wish Asuka made, might have screwed her differently than just spitting green mist. And then- it kind of just plays into that gimmick of the – uh, you know, you know, we you only see the Asian wrestlers spit green mist. It kind of plays more into that stereotype, you know. I'm feeling, I feel it. But uh, then, uh, in the in the show, they had a really good hype package for Adam Cole and Keith Lee, which will be the main event next week. Now we kind of talked a little bit about the finish with Io and Sasha. I thought the high package was fantastic. Maybe the best thing that happened between the two shows, but Mm -hmm. your thoughts on the match itself and are we going to see a clean finish? I mean, we're talking about that, you know, I'm sure you already seen that photo. I maybe I didn't see anything. I kind of, is there a spoiler out there? So do you know what happens, Dominic? Uh, Well, no. So I'm not going to say what's on it because if it does come true, I don't want it to Spoil it because I, I did see a thumbnail saying somebody spoiled something. A great so yeah, American so Bash apparently life. a, I don't know if it was an NXT. Uh, Basically, did they spoil the finish to this match? Possibly. Uh, there is a picture. Someone did post a picture of someone holding ti- the titles with the confetti and everything, but there are people speculating that they taped two different finishes, which has happened before. Exactly. So. It so the but the person posted it and then deleted it right away. So the thing is now, is it true? Is but it the not thing true? is, why would you do two different finishes? Because you don't. I mean, there's only workers there. There's no fans. So I mean, but why would why would so? I guess the only reason I can see two finishes is to say they do both and they can go. Hmm. Where can we go with these two other people? Where can where can the loser go? Now I'm not gonna ask. I mean. I don't know. I can kind of insinuate of what happened, but do you think Adam Cole's contract situation might play a role in the finish of the match? I, I mean, from everything I've heard, is he's resigned? I haven't heard anything that he's resigned. So, 
Cite your sources, Dominic. I'm not going to cite shit, all right? But, because I have to find it all, and that's too much work. Um, but uh, I feel like, you know, even if he resigns or didn't sign or didn't resign, I still feel like he is going to win this match. Um, but then again, there are, you know, many of times in WWE where you have a champion who doesn't resign and they lose. So I, I honestly, I, I'm kind of 50-50 at the moment. I would love to see a babyface Adam Cole in WWE. I'd also love to see a babyface Adam Cole in AEW. But who knows? I think they are leaning towards that direction of turning Cole eventually on NXT. I think Keith Lee is definitely uh, getting some momentum behind him. I know he has some WWE aspirations that he can be called up whenever it feels like. But So the question I want to ask real quick, do you turn just Adam or all of Undisputed Era? I think maybe the play is Undisputed Era turns on Cole, but I I mean, I love Red Dragon. I don't know if maybe you have Roderick Strong. I don't know. I mean, I th- Roderick Strong is kind of the guy, the fall guy for Undisputed Era at the moment, but I think you turn him. What happened? She giggled really loud. Uh, who cares? Yeah. He was talking. If if you've made it an hour and thirty three minutes into this God podcast, damn. Exactly. my food's cold. Exactly. That's what the micro that's what the microphone is for, or the microwave. Goodbye, good night, bang. Let's get the fuck out of here. I want to eat my mole. Get some mole. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that'll do it for us for today. Gotta do the fighter fest and Great American Bash recap next week once again. God damn it. Uh, stay safe. Don't get the Rona during uh Fourth of July if you guys are doing anything. And yeah, goodbye and good night. Uh, bye bye. <laughs>